Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our free Living Truth app. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 29 called Longing for the Good Old Days. In the gate of the city was where judicial proceedings took place and you could see the respect that Job had. In verses 11 through 17, here's the reason that everybody respected the man. For when the ear heard, it called me blessed. When the eye saw, it gave witness of me. Because, here's the reason why Job was so respected. Because I delivered the poor who cried for help and the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me and I made the widow's heart sing for joy. I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. Job was a judge and he was a righteous one. No one could bribe the man. If the man saw injustice, he pursued the right. He was like the ultimate king. He put on the robe for the judicial setting, if you will, and the turban. He was eyes to the blind, feet to the lame, 15. He almost sounds good to, too good to be true. I was a father to the needy, 16. And I investigated the case, which I did not know. If there was something that looked fishy, if a rich man was trying to buy off the court, I said, uh-uh-uh-uh. He became like a P.I., and he said, I'm going to find out what's really going on here. And I broke the jaws of the wicked and snatched the prey from his teeth. Talk about a lofty life. Talk about a good man. Do you know that Job's calamity, when he fell and lost everything, it affected many, many people. Many people who looked to Job for provision, direction, guidance, uh, shelter, Wisdom, they were all impacted by Job's fall. And I want to park here and give you an application. Sometimes we underestimate the impact we have on people. Sometimes, as humans, we underestimate whatever your sphere may be, how our own personal fall impacts other people. I don't have to tell you about political and religious leaders that have fallen on their face, Hollywood actors, athletes, we can make our list that there are always ripples, right? It's like throwing that rock into a pond of water. Inevitably, when the rock hits, it ripples out. And Job's fall, not his own, own fault here, but Job's fall affected many people. Go back over the list. The poor, these are all things that are close to God's heart. The ideal king, for example, Psalm 72, 12 delivers the needy who cry and the afflicted who have no one to help. Look at, uh, you have the orphan. You have, in, in verse 13, those who are ready to perish for whatever reason. You have the widow. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, the generous man will be prosperous and he who waters will himself be watered. Proverbs eleven twenty five. This is Psalm 34, verses 12 through 15. Flip back over to the Psalms. You gotta see this one too. Psalm 34, just the next book to your right. Look at verses 12 through 15. It says these words. Who is the man who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? 34, 13 of Psalms. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. 
Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Back to Job. Job did good, invested cases, helped the needy, the, the, lime, the, the, lime, the blind, and the lame. When Peter is preaching in the house of Cornelius, he says, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how he went about doing good. If you were to step back and look at your life right now and ask this question, am I known for doing good? Am I known for being a man of justice? Am I known by others for reaching out to those who are hurting, for having a soft spot for the orphan, for the widow? Have I taken too much of my life and become consumed with all the American things that people say are important and lost God's heart? Proverbs 24:11 says, "Deliver those who are being taken away to death, those who are staggering to slaughter, hold them back. What am I doing in the battle for life? Do I have a voice? A am I willing not to back down to the PC group and the political pressure and everything else that's going on in our world? Well, Job was a father to the fatherless. He was a righteous judge. In fact, this guy almost sounds divine. He almost sounds too good to be true. Or is it just because we have lowered our standards so much that we think he sounds too good to be true because comparatively speaking, we don't even come close. I put that in my notes, that was for me. But do you know, in our culture right now, we've become so self-consumed and so selfish that I wonder how we'll stand the test of Matthew 25 when Jesus says, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, naked and you clothed me, sick and you visited me, etc., etc. See, this was Job. What made Job a great man was not his finances. It was his character. Everybody knew that if you needed a pearl of wisdom to lead the city or the nation, if you needed a man to settle a case, if you needed a man to speak into your situation, Job was that man. He was a righteous man. That's why the devil wanted to take him down, by the way. Because if you can upend a good person, a good man, a good woman, well, you affect many, many people. Think of the orphans, the poor, the widow, the lame, the lame, the blind, <laughs> the lame. Job was the kind of man that would not be bought with a bribe. John 7, 24, Jesus said, make a righteous judgment, and that's what Job was. Jesus said, go and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who keeps from stumbling over me. And then in Luke 14, 13 and 14, Jesus says, when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Today, it seems like the most popular forms of Christianity are people who will give you the secret of success. People have the slickest suits on and the biggest crowds. 
But that's not God's heart. God measures a man or a woman by how much his heart comes out of their heart. And Job has been giving us a picture, a foreshadowing of who? The greater Job, the ultimate righteous man, Jesus Christ. He's been foreshadowing him. And now we can see a little bit why. Because not only was he an innocent sufferer, Job, but he was a good man. He was a solid man. He was a righteous man. If you're a younger person listening to my voice, please hear what I'm about to say. Don't let anybody mock you for righteousness. Don't let somebody say to you, oh, goody two shoes, oh, you don't look at that, you don't do that, you don't know. You know why they do that? Because they feel guilty about themselves. And do you know how I know that? Because I used to be one of them. I made myself feel better by putting other people down. Don't buy it. Because they're not going to stand with you at the Bema seat. <laughs> no, they're not going to be there. See, we are being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, Romans 8.29. Paul says, I am in labor until Christ is formed in you, Galatians 4.19. This is what God's trying to do. He's saying, I want your heart to be my heart. I want you to hear Paul in this way. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and through me. Job had to be reeling because he reflects back on his life and he's like, man, I was living a righteous life, trying to be benevolent, had the respect of the community. What happened? At that time, Job says, in verses 18 through 20, he reveals a little bit more. He says, then I thought I shall die in my nest. This kind of means I'll die with my family around me. I shall multiply my days as the sand. I'm gonna have a, live a long life. The Bible did Speak of following the law brings long life and even a noble death. And so here's Job thinking, man, I'm going to die in my nest with all my family around me. My root is spread out. I'm like a stalwart tree to the waters, getting constant nourishment. The dew lies all night on my branch. Things are not going to dry up. I'm going to live a strong, healthy, long life because I honor God. And when I die, after a host of days, my family will be around me. And this is what he envisioned until life went south. We have all of our visions and all of our dreams. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. And, now, and then I'm going to do this. And then I'll go over here and do this. I remember we had an evangelism team, and they came to the door uh, of uh, a young man. He was uh, uh, well-spoken, and they were sharing with him, the God, I don't want to hear about the gospel. I've got plans for my life. I'm, I'm going to go get this degree. Then I'm going to go do this. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do this. And he had it all planned out through retirement. They were impressed was the evangelism team until one of the members got a little word from the Lord and said this, what are you going to do after you die? The man was a little shocked because he had it all mapped out, but he didn't think about eternity. And, you know, sometimes we, we do like the book of James. We'll go to such and such a city and we'll do this and we'll do that. And James says, hold on, wait a minute. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Hey, this is Pastor Shane Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. We want to thank you for listening to the program today. And we want to let you know that we have some new service times on Sunday morning. So we are going to go back to two services on Sunday mornings. One is going to be at 8.30 a.m. and the other is going to be at 10.30 a.m. So we pray that you'll join us for one of those services. I am the music director at the church and we are really excited to be able to worship through music and we're going to worship as well through studying God's word. We're going to worship in spirit and in truth as the scripture commands us to do. So we're really excited. We pray that you'll join us for one of those services this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We pray that you have a great week and we thank you for listening to Walk in Truth Radio. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. And James says, hold on, wait a minute. That's not a bad thing to plan and have goals, but you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this and that. You might want to throw that in since he's running the universe and you call him Lord. Amen? One in ten professing Christians say, Barnabas, that my faith informs my direction and decisions in life. Are you kidding me? Job says, my glory is ever new with me. My bow, glory is, kind of speaks of an inner being. The word glory can actually be translated liver, like I'm strong on the inside and bow. My bow being renewed is a weapon. Speaks of masculine strength and vigor and power. You know, uh, as we get older, speaking of glory days, (laughs) you know, you you always have this idea that the vigor and the power is going to be there, right? And I'll be able to do this or that. And you young whippersnapper, come on into this court and I'll beat you around. Right? (laughs) I was speaking of racquetball, by the way, just in case you guys wondered. Right? But it gets tougher. There was a season when I could take Nathan down in the booth one-on-one in basketball. It was ugly, but I'd win. I'd play dirty. I'd grab his side, poke, trip, foul. (laughs) Now... It's like this. <laughs> he goes right by me. Nothing I could do. You can only trip a guy so many times, you know, and then you got to... Anyway. Think of Job's physical condition. He has no strength. So he comes full circle now to the end. He says, to me, they listened and waited I kept, and kept silent for my counsel. Everybody waited. Everybody listened when Job spoke. After my words, they did not speak again. That settles it, people would say. My speech dropped on them. They waited, here's an image, for me as for the rain. We have a little rain today, so we can relate to this. And they opened their mouth as for the spring rain. When I gave wisdom to the group, they drank it in like like vegetation drinks in rain after a long season of drought. They couldn't wait for it, and it was done, it was over. Everybody was watered, encouraged, directed. The man was trusted to direct the community through good times and bad times. He led and inspired others to right action. People absorbed what he said. His life was an example. His words watered others. And finally he says, I smiled on them when they did not believe. And the light of my face they did not cast down. Some of you are saying, is Job a little arrogant? 
the light of his face? Is he claiming that he walked into parties? Well, in Hebrew thought, the light of my face speaks of favor and blessing. It's the expression usually used for God and his favor, the light of his countenance, if you will. But Job here seems to be saying that his smile motivated people to morale and courage. He was an inspirational leader, beneficent as a source of encouragement and even life to people. Moses appeared as a god before Pharaoh and I think even the Bible says in Exodus to his brother. And you can become so close to God and here's where we need to be obviously biblical and careful but you can become so close to God that when people see you they are seeing Christ in you the hope of glory. And how much you shine is going to be dependent on how much time you spend in the light. He says, I chose a way for them and sat as chief, dwelt as a king among the troops, as one who comforted the mourners. Job, summing up his former glory, says, I was a leader, I showed people the way, I brought morale to the troops and comfort to those who were hurting. And now I have to step back and ask, so how does my life compare to that? That's what I'm striving for. And I know I can't produce it. I can't produce anything from my flesh. But if it's Christ in me, if it's his Holy Spirit moving through my life, walking people through times of dejection when everybody else is frowning, maybe you're smiling. Why? Because you know something. The best days are yet ahead. And here's what Job didn't know because he didn't, have the full revelation that we have right now. I don't know how much he knew, but what Job would, at least I know, now I know he's discovered, is that we are going to reign with Jesus in new heavens and new earth as a kingdom of priests unto our God forever and ever. Amen. My Redeemer lives. Would you close your eyes? I'm going to just read this last section. This is Revelation 22. Just receive this for yourself. He showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his bondservants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads, and there shall no longer be any night, there shall no, they shall not have need of the light or of a lamp, nor of the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your word. As we reflect on Job, we can see how his life was at such a low. But we know the end of the story. And at the end of the story, Job is going to be restored. And God's going to multiply back blessings to him more than before. He's going to see God like he's never seen God before. He's going to be a new inspiration to many others, knowing what he went through and how he survived it.
The end of the story is bright and Job's future end is what we just read. It's the end for all of us, Revelation 22. A new heaven, a new earth. We will see your face. No more curse, no more death, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. The former things will have passed away. The Lord, our light, will be in the midst of that city. He will be our light, literally. Father, I pray that you would encourage the souls that are here tonight. Those who are holding on as we turn the corner to the holiday season, it's not always easy. And I pray that you would be the light of these families represented here, those who will listen to this later, a light of encouragement, a light of hope, that the future is bright for all believers. Help us to hold on to you, knowing that you will never let us go. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You've been listening to Longing for the Good Old Days, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 29. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Walk in Truth is on the Apple Music app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, and many more. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, maybe you've asked the question, really? How long, oh Lord? How long does my family have to go through this pain? I've I've been in ministry for quite a number of years now, but I know if you've been a believer for a while, you've probably voiced this along with the psalmist, along with Job, how long, oh Lord? Along with some of the prophets, like I think of Habakkuk, I think said the same thing. How long? Maybe it's the pain of cancer, death, adultery, abuse, loss. How long until we see your favor again? How long, O oh Lord? And, and just in asking the question, there's a beauty there. Can you hear the beauty? It's directed towards God. It's knowing that God is sovereign and God is the one who will allow the, the off-ramp to occur bring the the blessing and the stability again to my life. How long, oh Lord, I believe. And even though I'm going through something right now, I'm going to ask you to mercifully bring it to a close, but I'm going to keep my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of my faith. I pray that he would increase your faith today. You be strengthened in your faith as you stay in the word of God. That's a key. And he will bless you and he will strengthen you, even as you're in the waiting room, so to speak. Well, when we consider longing for the good old days, we might ask the question, what made them good? And if they were truly good, how could we recapture those good old days? And uh, that, that's about living for today because we can't, we can't go back to yesterday and we can't control tomorrow, but today's what we've got. And so, you know, we often say to people, hey, have a good day. And how do you make a day a good day? Well, God is good. That's where you start. And then you do your best to have the right kind of attitude, to have the joy of the Holy Spirit. You know, something I've been thinking about is a verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and be a thankful person. And sometimes that can be a battle, but you can get back there with a mindset Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, be thankful. Practice thanks living, and God will be with you. Seek him 
uh, focus on the good things, the things above, and it will change. It will change uh, your outlook. And even though not all your circumstances will change, you'll bring God into those circumstances. Well, hey, I'd like to thank some new donors and monthly partners to Walk in Truth. We are so grateful for all of you who support us. A shout out to Dana from Canoga Park, who became a monthly partner. George from Valencia gave a donation. And Damon from Los Angeles became a monthly partner. Hey, if you guys are listening, we want to say we appreciate you. Let me also mention Lillian in Palm Desert, who's a regular giver. And uh, she is, let's see, she wants us to get on a radio station in Palm Desert. Isn't that cool? (laughs) So... Hey, as you guys continue to give, uh, we we are going to look for more open doors to uh, spread uh, the the reach of Walk in Truth. That's what we want to do. So pray for us. Pray for a station maybe out there in Palm Desert. And thank you for all of you who pray for us, for your encouragement, for you giving to this ministry. It means so much to us. We're appreciative. And we'll see you right here tomorrow for the power of humiliation. God bless you. And just a reminder, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events as well. Please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month. You can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow on this station for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 30 about the power of humiliation. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.